All right, well, welcome. And again, thank you for taking the time to join us today um, for what we feel is a pretty important topic. Uh, I'm Tammy Zilski. I'm a long-term care planner at the law firm, also certified as a Medicaid planner. And so today's seminar uh, is very timely. Um, right now we are in a transitional season where we're transitioning from fall to winter. And, um, you know, when I think about the planning for the second half of your life, we actually have not had this kind of experience before. And when we look at seasons, we have that experience every year. We know what it's like to transition from fall to winter. We know we have to get snow tires or get our furnace clean, get the warm clothes out. Um, or some of you just go down south for the winter and avoid the cold altogether. But going into the second half of life is brand new. We may have seen our parents go through it or grandparents or other family members, um, but everybody's story and journey is different. And the best thing to really do is, is to be prepared in advance of a crisis so that you're not caught off guard and you're not in a situation where you face losing everything that you work so hard for. And so today's seminar is really aimed at giving you some, some tips on what you need to know um, and some legal strategies to make sure that you are well prepared. So we're gonna start with just talking about well, what are the costs of long-term care? Um, and long-term care in Pennsylvania is, is over $128,793 per year. Now you're gonna find that's different depending on the facility that you're at. But when you think about that, that can really wipe somebody out very quickly. So without proper pre-planning, you really could exhaust your assets in a very short period of time. And I'm gonna go through the different strategies to, to pay for long-term care. But before I get into that, I just wanted to mention the different types of care that are out there. And then I'll talk about the strategies that, that really align with the type of care. So different types of care would be in-home caregiving. So you can hire an agency to come to your home. Sorry, the sun is really in my office today. <laughs> you can hire an agency to come into your home. Um, and provide care, you know, on an hourly basis. So you might need two hours a day, you might need 10 hours a day. Um, but that is something that you can do on a private pay basis. Um, the other option is privately hiring caregivers like a neighbor or family or friend. Uh, when you do that, it is important that you talk with our office about that to make sure there's a proper legal agreement. It's called a caregiver agreement in place just so that if you did need Medicaid benefits down the road, they recognize that as a fair market value transaction, you were actually hiring somebody rather than gifting them assets. Uh, the other option is a personal care home or assisted living. And that's a place where you would actually live and they would uh, provide a room with a private bathroom, three meals a day, personal care services, and a number of activities. So that's a, um, you know, one option for, for people that can't live at home anymore. Another option is adult day programs um, or life care programs. And that's a program where you do still live at home, but you go to a center for the day and then you come home at night. Um, and that center has a variety of activities that are engaging to help people who are struggling with maybe cognitive impairment or physical impairments 
um, to really just get the maximum uh, out of their, their day with quality services. And it's also a great um, respite program for, for the primary caregiver. So if you're caring for your spouse, the adult day program is really great because it gives you a period of time that they're somewhere else and getting uh, caregivers to take care of them. And then finally, we always we all know about nursing home care. So nursing home is really where somebody can no longer live in their home or in assisted living um, because they require 24-hour skilled care. And that may be, um, you know, they have a, a skilled need for, um, you know, medical care or it could just be custodial care. Um, where they need somebody to take care of them, you know, with their bathing, dressing, toileting, things like that. So how you pay for these services would be one, out of pocket, uh, long-term care insurance, veterans benefits, Medicare and Medicaid, and I'll touch base on each of these. Long-term care insurance is an insurance that you purchase prior to the need for care. So if you have a medical diagnosis and you need help with your activities of daily living, you can't go out and purchase that insurance at that point. So you have to meet what's called um, underwriting uh, in order to be eligible for this. So the best time to look at long-term care insurance is in your 40s, 50s, 60s, even 70s, as long as you don't have a diagnosis of a condition that would make the insurance company believe you're going to need long-term care. So that could be something like uh, rheumatoid arthritis or Parkinson's disease. You know, those would be situations where you would not be eligible for this. Um, we do not sell long-term care insurance. It is actually a financial product, uh, but you could talk with your personal financial advisor these uh, options. And if you don't have anybody, we would be happy to give you some information on who you could contact to get this information. But I very much strongly uh, recommend people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, or even 70s looking at this product because we don't know what the future of Medicaid benefits will be. And we also know that there are a number of benefits or a number of situations out there where Medicaid doesn't cover care and long-term care insurance would be beneficial. Um, so the thing to think about with long-term care insurance is what are you looking for? Um, and with most policies, what you're going to find is that there is uh, an elimination period. And that means a period of time that you would have to pay out of pocket before the policy would kick in. And so most policies are going to have something like a 30-day elimination period or a 100-day elimination period. And what that practically means is if you're admitted to a rehab facility and you are at the point where you need help with two out of four activities of daily living, like maybe you need help with bathing or dressing, you could qualify for this, but you're going to have to wait out that period of time. Um, and, and that might be okay because your insurance benefit might cover that elimination period. And in some situations, it may just be that you privately pay during that period of time. The other thing every policy is going to have is a maximum daily payout. And so this is the, the most important thing for you to really look at. So some policies pay out $100 a day. And so if the average cost of care right now in Pennsylvania is $352 a day, 
that's not going to be enough to cover the cost of your care, but you may have a high monthly income. You know, your pension, Social Security may be high enough that that will help supplement that. Um, so you really want to be aware of what the, the current cost of care is when you buy the policy and how much it's really going to cover. And then the final thing that a policy is going to have is a maximum benefit period. So you'll find in policies it might say it will cover three years or five years or six years. Um, in the older policies, they did have a lifetime benefit, and that no longer is actually an option for long-term care insurance. So you won't see that anymore. So those are the things you would be looking at. And if you um, are in the business of looking for a long-term care insurance policy, make sure you talk to your advisor about a Pennsylvania partnership policy. And what that is, is Pennsylvania, as an incentive uh, for people to purchase long-term care insurance, has a partnership if you buy a certain type of policy that says that if your policy is exhausted, you've met the maximum benefit, um, and then you apply for Medicaid benefits, they will allow you to keep an equivalent amount of money based on what your policy paid out. So if you had a policy that paid out $400,000 for your care, you can apply for Medicaid and keep $400,000. They will not make you spend that down. So that is a huge, huge benefit for people that have long-term care insurance. But not everybody's going to qualify for long-term care insurance. Um, so we'll talk about other benefits that might be out there to help. Uh, one of the, the benefits that we see used most of the time in a personal care home or assisted living or for in-home care or adult day services would be veterans benefits. So a veteran um, who has a service-connected disability may be getting a compensation or a pension, but most of the time we're dealing with veterans who have not had a service-connected disability, and so there is a pension they could qualify for called a non-service-connected pension. And there are different categories for that, but what we'll focus on today is aid and attendance and housebound. And to qualify for that, the veteran um, has to have served during a qualifying war period, which I'll put up on the screen here in a few minutes. Um, they must have been honorably discharged from service, had at least 90 days or more of active duty during the, one, um, during the war period, and um, they are over 65 years old um, or disabled, and they have a need for help. So it might be they need help at home, they need help in assisted living, um, or you can also use this benefit in nursing home, but we'll talk about how Medicaid might be a better benefit. And the official dates for the war period, we do have on your PowerPoint, so you can reference those. But what this pension will do is it's going to um, pay the veteran or the widow of a veteran a pension. And that can be anywhere from $1,000 a month to a little over $2,000 a month. And then they use that pension to help pay for caregivers, adult day, or the personal care home. So because the nursing home cost is well over $10,000 a month, that's why I said that oftentimes we're not looking at VA benefits to assist in that situation. We likely would be looking at um, Medicaid benefits. 
The other thing to just keep aware with the VA is they do have a gifting look back period of three years. Um, and they also have a resource limit of $129,000. Um, and if you're over resource, you can just spend down to get to that point. And they also take a look at your income and medical expenses to determine the pension rate that they will award. The next benefit is Medicare. And uh, Medicare is for individuals who are 65 or older. Um, or if you're under 65, you can get Medicare immediately if you have end-stage renal disease or Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, or if you've been on disability benefits for uh, two years, you can be awarded a Medicare benefit. And what Medicare will pay for is rehab and a skilled nursing. But to qualify for that, you do have to have a three-day consecutive hospital inpatient stay. Um, and we note here that it, it is becoming more difficult to meet that three-day criteria because a lot of times people are not actually admitted to the hospital. They may have a bed in a room, but they're there for observation and not for an admission. So it is very important that if your loved one is, is admitted to the hospital, you just verify that there was actually an, an admit versus a um, observation because then if you're discharged to the skilled nursing, if you were not admitted, Medicare will not pay for your stay and it's all out of pocket. But if you do meet the criteria um, and you go into a rehab facility, Medicare will pay for the first 20 days in full. So if you broke a hip and you go into a rehab, they're gonna cover the first 20 days. And then day 21 through 100, is really going to be evaluated on a biweekly basis to see if you actually qualify for continued therapy. Um, so the maximum you would get is 100 days. And then day 21 through 100, if you do meet the qualifications, uh, your secondary insurance would cover those copays. That's known as a Medicare supplement plan. Um, and if you do not have a Medicare supplement plan, you would have to pay a daily copay rate. And 198 is the 2020 rate, um, and that does increase every January. But Medicare will not pay for long-term care. So once your insurance benefits end, you do become private pay. And that leads into where most people fall into the category of Medicaid benefits. But if you have substantial wealth, um, you've got uh, assets that have accumulated, you're not gonna qualify for Medicaid without going through spend down. Now this seminar, we don't talk a whole lot about that, but the, the program rules are rather confusing, um, overwhelming to people. Uh, there's a lot of um, loopholes and allowances and things you have to know. And that's really what we help people with. We specialize in, in understanding those rules um, and helping you through that process. So. If you are in a crisis situation today, you need long-term care, um, please call us. We can help you with that to figure out what can be done so that you are not utilizing your assets. And I can't emphasize enough, don't just fill out the application to see what happens. Um, we're constantly helping people who have done that and they come to us a month and a half, two months later, and they've lost you know, $20,000 
that could have been protected. So what does Medicaid actually pay for? Um, they do pay for nursing home care. So that is one thing that the program will cover if you qualify. There are some in-home care programs that Medicaid will pay for, but you have to meet certain criteria. You have to be what they call nursing home level of care. And that's called the Aging Waiver Program or Community Health Choices as it changed in January. Uh, Medicaid will also pay for uh, life programs, uh, adult day programs, things like that. But they will not pay for assisted living or in-home care if you just needed a little bit of help and you don't meet the nursing home qualifications and Medicaid qualifications. All right, so really the best strategy to pay for nursing home care is pre-planning. Um, estate planning documents, the powers of attorneys and wills are really something that anybody who's over the age of 18 needs to have in place. So we can't emphasize that enough. You know, we see people coming in in their 70s, 80s for the first time to get these documents done. Um, and if you do not have them or you know somebody who does not have them, they really need to get those documents in, done, um, in place. And then the trusts are a way for you to take extra steps to protect assets that you don't want to be vulnerable to your long-term care costs. Um, you know, we talked about the, the gifting for the federal estate and Medicaid's gifting rules are much different. So with Medicaid, if you were to apply for benefits, you, you get admitted to a nursing home, you're there permanently, you have to provide five years worth of financial statements for any and all accounts that you would have. And if the caseworker in reviewing this has found that you've had gifts to family members or anybody um, that would have exceeded $500 in a calendar month, they will deny your application for benefits. So people always ask us, well, how will they know? Well, it's self-reporting. And in addition to that, you do have to provide them with five years of tax returns, IRA statements, um, bank account statements, life insurance, everything you've owned for the past five years. And if you forget to tell them, um, they actually have an asset finder uh, that they can find accounts that you've forgotten to tell them about. And then they will deny your application until you've provided those statements. So it's a, it's a pretty tedious process. And if they do find that you've made any gifts, they have a penalty divisor. And for every $10,732 that you gifted, there's one month you would be ineligible. Now, if you haven't met that $10,000 mark, there is a daily penalty divisor um, that they, they can use. So if you've you know, gifted uh, $3,000, that might just be a penalty of 15 days. So the way the penalty divisor works is, again, if those gifts were made within five years of your application for benefits, um, they will then divide it by the penalty divisor to arrive at a period that they will deny your application. So if you think about this, let's say you transferred your property um, to a trust or your children, doesn't matter which vehicle you use, uh, and then you need care three years later. You apply for Medicaid, this surfaces. They will divide the value of that gift by the average cost of care. 
to arrive at a penalty. And the penalty means they, that if you would have kept this asset and used it to pay for your care, you could have paid for nine months. So since you did not do that, Medicaid will deny your application. And where that's really a problem is if you um, don't have any backup assets, you know, you, your assets are all gone, uh, you don't have a trust to rely on, then the nursing home can then sue your family for payment. Um, so you can put your family in a vulnerable situation if you haven't done this properly with, with expert advice. Now we talked about trust and why that is important. Um, with a trust, you're not making the assets vulnerable to uh, your children or your beneficiaries creditors. Um, because if you were to transfer your property or your money to your kids and kind of hope for the best, instead of using the trust vehicle, that those assets are actually subject to any of these situations, a divorce. So for example, let's say you gave your house to your child and they then later get a divorce. Your property could be part of their divorce proceedings and you could lose your house. Or let's say you gave your property to your child and they have a creditor, they got in a car accident and their insurance was not enough to cover a lawsuit filed against them. You could lose your property to their creditor. Or, and I had this situation happen to me several years ago where somebody came here, they gifted their property to their child. Then their child got sick and went into a nursing home. They lost their property to their child's disability. And then, you know, kind of worst case scenario is your child passes away before you, you gave your property to your child, and now it goes through their last will and testament, and they may have left their, their uh, assets to somebody else, and you lose your house to that. Whereas a trust is protected from all of these creditors. It protects your assets from not only your creditors in a nursing home, but any of your beneficiaries' creditors. So within that document, you're gonna name who receives your assets when you pass away. Um, and they do not have any ownership or control until you actually pass away and that trust is distributed. So it's, it's really the best way for you to actually protect assets and keep them and really make yourself comfortable with, I'm not gonna have issues with any of these uh, kinds of situations that could happen. Now, there are some situations where um, that penalty does not apply, so I wanted to point that out to you. Um, now, we don't run into this very often, but, you know, let's say somebody is uh, younger, disabled, and goes into a nursing home, and they had a child under the age of 21. Uh, you gift property or assets to that child or to a trust for their benefit. Um, or if you had a child um, who is blind or has a permanent disability recognized by Social Security, then you could transfer assets to them or to a trust for their benefit. So let's say you're 85 years old and you have uh, a child who is not quite Social Security age and they've gone on Social Security disability. You might not have any responsibility for their welfare but if you go into a nursing home, one of the allowances in the law is that you can give any amount of assets to them or to a trust for their benefit, and you can qualify for Medicaid immediately. 
Um, so that is definitely a consideration, um, you know, if, if you have a child in that situation. And then the other nice thing is, um, if you have a child that moved in with you and provided care for at least two years before you applied for benefits, um, Medicaid will allow you to gift your property to them without the look back period. And it's kind of a thank you to that child that they gave up their life to care for you for two years and you didn't ask Medicaid to, to provide that care. Um, so there is a, a, a full two year, 24 month uh, requirement on that. And the way we have to prove that is we do have to prove that it became the residence. Um, you know, tax returns were filed there, their driver's license had that address, uh, doctor certifies that, that they needed uh, to provide that care to you during that period of time. So really the process and thinking about all that we've talked about today is you have to really plan for each phase of your life. And I started it out by talking about seasons. Um, and really the, the season of your life to look into doing the more extensive planning like trust would be, you know, in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, when you really um, are no longer taking care of uh, children or paying college loans, your, your house is paid off. Um, but the estate planning documents are really for anybody over the age of 18. And when we uh, work with you, we are looking at a lot of things. We're not just looking at what are your estate planning goals, but we're looking at your assets to make sure that everything that you own really comes together and we've got a good plan for you so that your IRA doesn't pay to somebody you didn't know. Um, your life insurance isn't paying out to your deceased parent. We're making sure that everything's in order and organized for you. And I had mentioned earlier that we work in a team approach, and I really like this because we all have our own, um, you know, specialized uh, things that we can offer. And so when you do work with our law firm, you're going to work with uh, attorneys, a certified Medicaid planner who's also a long-term care planner, support staff, so paralegals. Um, and we're going to put together this plan for you, review it with you, make sure you're comfortable with you, with the plan, and then help you to implement that. And so, you know, it's really interesting uh, in, in all the years that we've done this that no two plans are the same. Everybody has different family dynamics, different goals. And so we really do individualized planning. Um, and when you're done with all of this, you're going to have peace of mind that you know you've got good quality documents 